Church, it says in the Psalms, it says, better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in God's presence than a thousand elsewhere. And then it also says in Psalm 22, that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so when we sing, God, I just wanna move your heart. You know, what moves the heart of God? Lifting up his name. He inhabits our praise. What else moves the heart of God? Jesus said, if you love me, do what I command, right? And so it's both a, man, we're here in God's presence. We're with Jesus. We're enjoying his presence. We're being changed by his presence. And then we're saying, God, I want to do whatever you ask me to do. And so it's a both and always. And so as we have these amazing moments of worship, I just want to encourage you to ask yourself the question, God, man, this is awesome. But in this moment, God, what are you asking me? What are you calling me to do when I leave these doors today? Because it's never just a here thing. It's both a here and there thing. Here at church, in my family, at my school, in my cubicle, in my truck, wherever I'm at, God, you're asking me to follow your heart. Amen. And so God, as we listen to your word today, God, I pray that you open our hearts, open them wide. God, we want to change. We want to do what you want us to do. We want to follow your call in our life. And so we trust you. We look to you as the source of, of, of guidance and direction and leadership in our life. And we just lay our lives at your feet today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you guys give the worship team a big hand today? <clears throat> Thanks, guys, so much. We know, we know that it's not about them. We know it's about Jesus, but don't they do an awesome job leading us in worship? And we're just so thankful for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, first of all, once again, it's, if, it's, if it's your first time today, we're so glad that you're here. In front of you, unless you're in the front row, um, in front of you, on the back of the, the seat in front of you, there's a Connect card. And so if you could just grab one of those for us and, um, and fill out your information, and you could do one of two things. You could either drop it in the, the drop boxes on the way out, the ushers will have some buckets on your way out, or you can take it to our information desk in the lobby, and there'll be some people there after the service that would just love to tell you more about the church and get to know you a little bit better. And so whichever one of those sounds great for you, uh, please do that, because I would love to connect with you this week. I'd love to get to know your story a little bit and how you showed up at Mosaic but welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Also, uh, church, uh, if you've been around for the last year and last week you came and you um, uh, were generous with the love offering to Pastor Dave and Kim, I just want to thank you for your generosity. Man, we were able to bless them in a big way and I'm just really proud of you and how generous you were uh, to Dave and Kim and how much they sacrificed uh, th their time and energy and, and just gave and poured out their leadership for Mosaic over the past year. So thank you so much. A couple things I want to make sure that you're aware of. Uh, this Thursday, um, there's a women's group here at church that meets once a, mo once a month on the, the first Thursday of every month. And so they'll be here out in the lobby meeting uh, this Thursday at 7 o'clock. And so if you're a lady and you'd like to connect and get to know some other ladies here, here at Mosaic, come and, and hang out. Uh, Miss Elaine will be uh, leading the charge there. And uh, we love her so much. And so be there with her. And then also on the 10th, there'll be a, a, a um, philatron. What's the rest of it? 
Fill a heart. Fill a trunk, fill a heart. And so Miami Milford Ministries uh, will be uh, collecting donations. And, and out on the info desk, there's, a lot, there's information about what, what you could bring that day. And so if you'd like to bless that ministry, um, that would be incredible. And you can just drive through. Uh, drop, they'll, they'll throw some stuff in the trunk, and we'll get all that to Milford Miami Ministries for those that need it. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going, and so check your app. Uh, check the website. We're working on getting everything just up to date. And, and if you have any questions, email info at mosaiccincinnati.com. We would love to help you get connected here at Mosaic. Man, I have the huge privilege this week on Tuesday night of uh, speaking for Celebrate Recovery's five-year anniversary. And um, I'm just really excited about that. Uh, there have been a lot of people investing a lot of time and energy in helping people with hurts and habits and hangups uh, experience freedom in Christ over the past five years, and we get to celebrate. And, and man, it's going to be such an honor and privilege for me to uh, speak at that this, this Tuesday night. Uh, youth is happening every Wednesday night, and so if you are a parent and you have a 6th to 12th grader, um, I've been getting to hang out with Pastor Mark and the youth team every Wednesday night, and, man, we're having a great time. And so I personally would just like to invite you, uh, students, 6th to 12th grade to the youth group on Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to continue to worship God now with our, our giving. And we're not going to be giving right now, but we're going to do the act in our hearts of giving right now. And so whether you're going to give today on your, your uh, app, on your phone, whether you're going to go home and get on your computer and give that way, or whether you want to give on your way out today, there'll be ushers at the doors and, and you can give. But I just want to encourage you, giving is an act of worship. Giving is something that those who call Mosaic their home do to worship God and put him in the first place in their life. You see, um, when we worship Jesus, we worship him with every area of our life. And so giving is just one way that we say, God, everything I have is yours, and I want to worship you with that. And so I'm going to pray just to bless our giving today, but then you're going to hold that till the end of service. And when you leave today or in any of the options on app, website, uh, online, you can give to support the ministries here at Mosaic. If you're new and you're like, Joe, what in the world are you talking about? I just want to encourage you, you know, don't worry about it. Um, giving is, is something we, we, that we do to worship Jesus, and we never in a million years here at Mosaic would want to manipulate or pressure you to give. And um, that's not, that's not the, the heart. The heart is saying, God, we're happy to give. We're happy to put you in first place in every area of our lives. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, get into God's word today. But let's pray for our giving today. God, I thank you so much and how you've blessed us, how you've poured out blessings and, and, and showered us with provision in our life. And God, as we give today um, at the end of service, God, we just want it to go uh, to, to further the ministries here at Mosaic and your kingdom and, the, and missions efforts that we're going to support and just all the different things that you're going to do through our church body. We pray, pray that you multiply it and let it go to do awesome things for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, my name is Joe. I'm new here at Mosaic, uh, but I'm the lead pastor here. And so if we haven't met yet, man, I would love to get to know you. And so after church, I'll be out in the, the lobby and just come find me. You know, even if, even if um, you got a tug on my shirt or if I'm talking, man, just say, hey, as, as you walk by. And I'd love to get to know you sometime. And so uh, come find me after service. And I'd love to do that. But last week, we started this series called Heart Matters, 
right? We're going to talk about matters of the heart, and we're going to talk about why what's in your heart and what's in our heart as a church really, really matters. And so last week, we answered the big question, why are we here as a church? Why am I here? And we, we, we talked about how we are here because everyone needs someone who knows their name and what's going on in their life. Everyone needs someone who loves Jesus and sets the example. And everyone needs someone who helps them take next steps. And so when we say, why are we here, Mosaic? That's why. We are a shelter for the broken. We're a life-saving station for people that need Jesus. That is why we are here. And so we got really specific about what that looks like in the life of our church. This week, though, last week we answered the why question. This week we're going to answer the what question. What do we do to fulfill God's mission and intent for our existence as a church? What do we do? Right? We show up every week, and that's one small part. You know, we come, and we sit, and we listen, and we worship, and we do all these things, but we're going to get a little bit more specific this week. We're going to talk about the what. Before we dive into our points today, and by the way, uh, we printed out some sheets, and they're, they're there. If, if you prefer pen and paper, I want to encourage you in the, in the coming weeks, bring a pen with you. Um, you know, we're, and so come ready. Bring a pen, and there, there'll be these, these, uh, these half sheets there for you to take notes. If you want to get on your app, you can do it that way. Whatever method of uh, getting God's word in your heart that you want to use, uh, use that. But listen. You and I are the sum total in our life of our habits and our friendships. We really are. Because we have to make a choice how we are going to live out our lives every day. You get up and you decide. You decided to come and sit in church today and listen to God's word. That's a habit. And so as we think, what am I going to do every single day in our lives? So much of the time we just take it as it comes and we're like, well, this is what I have to do. This is what has been laid out for me. But we're going to talk about getting a little bit more intentional today about what we are doing because we are the sum total of our habits and our friendships. Those are the two things that will impact your life and set you on a direction and a course in your life more than anything else, your habits and your friendships. Did your parents ever say something to you like, you are who you hang with? right? <laughs> the Bible says it like this, bad company corrupts good character, right? I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Man, that's wisdom. I love that. The choices you make every day matter, Jesus said it like this. He said, wisdom is proved right by her actions, right? And so what we do, our actions really, really matter. Now, I want to be clear from the get-go. Do our actions save us? Absolutely not. But because of our freedom in Christ, we, very, we pursue very specific what's in our life. And what you choose to do on a daily basis really, really matters. And so the big question for this week is what do we do? What are going to be the habits of this church, this body of Christ? What does, is God called the big C church, the church of Jesus Christ across the world to be about? 
And I really believe that, um, man, it really focuses around these four things that we're going to talk about today. And so we are a people that, number one, consistently and intentionally gather. We consistently and we intentionally gather. Now, people for centuries upon centuries have consistently gathered. But as a church, I don't know that we've always been good at intentionally gathered. Man, the, the, the early church in Acts chapter 2 set a really good example for us. Now, not everything in culture looks exactly the same today as it did then. And some of the things that they did were descriptive of how they did it. And some of the things that they did were very prescriptive of how we should do it. But here we see a picture in Acts 2.42 when it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And man, those are all some really good handles for us that we get together, but we don't just get together. We intentionally get together. Man, we worship God just like we did this morning. People find Jesus. Man, when we, if, we're, if we're not intentionally leading people to Jesus, then what in the world are we doing here, right? People get baptized. We pray. We give. We study God's word. We discuss God's word. There's, we, we have personal growth happening in our life. We see miracles happen. And all these things are intentional, right? We do it on purpose. But you know what keeps those things from happening so many times in our lives? You know when maybe we're coming to church, but there's a lack of growth. We're coming to church, but it feels like our prayers are hitting the ceiling. We're coming to church, but man, it just doesn't seem like we're moving and we're growing in a relationship with Jesus like we once did. You know what keeps that from happening? Not showing up. And before, I, before you kind of get ahead of me in our train of thought this morning, I'm not just saying, I'm not just getting on those people that maybe don't come to church as often as they used to. No, that's not the heart at all. Because it doesn't matter if you come to church every week or you come to church once a month. It doesn't come, matter if you only come on Easter and Christmas. And if that's you, man, I'm so glad that you're here today. And whenever you show up at Mosaic, you are welcome and I'm glad that you are here. But I just want you to understand and kind of grasp the heart of God a little bit today that it's so much more than just showing up now and then physically. Church, we have to show up in every way. We have to show up mentally. We have to show up prepared and rested physically. We need to show up spiritually prepared to hear the word of God. Now, if you just rolled out of bed this morning and kind of combed your hair and maybe you threw on some deodorant and maybe you put on a shirt and it might not be ironed, that's okay. We're glad that you're here. But man, when you go to, and this is just me, and so you might have a different rhythm, but when you go to bed early on Saturday night, why? Because Sunday's coming. When you say, I'm going to get rested to hear the word of God. When you say, I'm not going to let anything in my life take precedence over meeting with God's people and intentionally gathering and letting God's word sink into my heart. Man, I don't think it's too far to say, man, I guarantee you, you will grow. Why? Because God is faithful, just like that song we said this morning. And when you sh don't just show up physically, but you show up mentally and spiritually and relationally, and you're ready to go. When that countdown hits zero, 
you're ready to worship. You're in your seat. You're ready to go. And if you walked in late this morning, I'm still glad that you're here. And so please hear my heart. I'm not getting on anybody. I'm just saying, man, there's, there's something better when you show up ready to encounter the presence of Almighty God. You see, there's this thing that's described in the Word called the body of Christ, right? The body of Christ. And we're God's family. We're God's instrument on this world. Jesus said that, we, that, that they will know that we are his by our love for each other. And man, when we intentionally get together and act like the body and worship as one body, amazing things happen. Ephesians 2.19 says you are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I love that. You are a member Man, when you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, when you accept his free gift that he paid, he paid your debt on the cross. He rose again on the third day. And when you say, God, I I want that. I'm in on that. And you become a part of God's family. You don't just have to be that in theory. You can really be a part of God's family. And so you show up and you act like you're a part of God's family and we engage and we worship and we say hi to each other and we greet each other and we are relationally connected with each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 17 says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part. You see, church, it doesn't matter if so-and-so has says hi to you. It doesn't matter if you're a part of this group or that group. It doesn't matter how you feel relationally connected to this church or not. If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you are a part of this family, and no one can take that away from you. And so your identity isn't based on, you know, who you're friends with here at Mosaic. Your identity is based on the fact that because you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, you are a part of his family. Now we get to love each other and we get to intentionally get together and be in relationship. But unfortunately, because I sin and and I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, sometimes relationships get tense and that's normal. But because we love Christ and because we're a part of his body, we get over that stuff and we love and we give grace when it's not deserved and we overlook offenses and we act like the body of Christ. So what keeps me and what keeps you and what keeps people from really showing up? Sometimes you get offended. Sometimes there's pride and we're like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, need, I don't need that much. You know, life's going pretty good. That's pride. Sometimes we get tired and we're like, I just want to, I want to stay with Pastor Pillow and Sister Sheets this morning. <laughs> right? Sometimes we get distracted and we got so much going on in our life that somehow it's just, it's a slow fade in church and showing up at church just gets pushed to the side. Sometimes we just flat out and we just got to be honest, we get lazy. Right? And that once we take one Sunday off, it's easier to take two Sundays off and then three Sundays off. And before we know it, we can't remember the last time we were at church. One of my favorite stories back um, in Sandwich where I came from, we, and we didn't hear about this story until later because a lot of times God's working in people's lives a long time before they actually show up. And they're watching online. And we had this one lady that was so afraid to come to church that she pulled into the parking lot for four or five weeks and she would pull in and she would sit in her car and she would sweat and she would be anxious and she wouldn't get out of her car 
And week after week, she would pull into the parking lot and she would sit in her car. And because a fear had gripped her heart, she couldn't get out of the car to come into church. But she kept coming. And she kept inching her way towards Jesus. And week after week, she would come and sit in the parking lot until finally, one day, she got up the courage to walk through those doors. And the rest was history. Sometimes, maybe you're watching online today and there's just a little bit of fear going on. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Whatever is keeping you from consistently, intentionally gathering in God's house, Jesus wants to take you on a journey from there to where he wants you to be. You see, we got to be intentional. We've got to be intentional. Just showing up didn't, doesn't guarantee growth. And definitely if we don't show up, we won't see growth in our lives. I love this quote by John Maxwell, working hard doesn't guarantee success and hope isn't a strategy. Right? We got to be intentional when we gather. I'm coming, Jesus, to meet with you. I love this quote by James Allen. He says, people are anxious to improve their circumstances, but they're unwilling to improve themselves, and they therefore remain bound. Man, if we're just showing up and there's no intentionality, and, and man, we just think, man, I just got to, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've met a new family, and they, and they say, man, we just came to a place where we knew we need to get in church. We just need to get back in church. We need to get the family back in church. Man, things are going on with our kids, and our kids are kind of going in a direction we, we don't want them to go, and they're just like, man, we just need to get back, back in church. And I just want to tell them, you know what? Yeah, you need to get back in church, but it's not as simple as that. You need to get back in church, and you need to engage intentionally in a relationship with Jesus. You see, there's no such thing in the life of a believer as a zero-sum day, like where we just stay in the same place where we have some ups and we have some downs and they just kind of balance themselves out. That's not the life of, of a believer. Why? Because with every choice we, that we make every day, we're leading. We're leading ourselves. We're leading our families. We're leading our lives. We're creating culture in our own lives and in our church with every decision that we make. We're never just talking. We're leading. We're never just attending. We're seeking. We're growing. We're learning. We're contributing. It's never just social, getting to know other people. It's life-altering relationships, iron sharpening iron. It's never just music. We're worshiping God Almighty, the King of Kings, and it's not for you, and it's not for me. It's always for him. It's never just a talk or a message that, that I give on Sunday morning. We're opening and learning from the very words of God himself. And so that's why we prepare mentally. We prepare spiritually. We prepare physically. We're prepared relationally. We're taking notes. We're writing it down. We're memorizing scriptures during the week. Listen, there's a problem with how our human minds work. Research says that we tend to forget 95% of what we hear within 72 hours. You know how discouraging that is for me as a pastor? <laughs> that 72 hours from now, you're probably going to forget everything I said today. And now it becomes clear why exactly, why you have those sheets of paper and why you have the ability on your, your app to take notes because we've got to get it in our hearts. We've got to be intentional. This is an us thing. I love what Psalm 145, 4 through 7 says. It says, let each generation, so not just them, not just the one ahead, us two, tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them 
proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and on your wonderful miracles. Your inspiring, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue, everybody. I will proclaim of your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. And so when you listen to that psalm, it's an all of us thing. We're all doing something. We're all engaged intentionally. Be intentional. Don't slip into apathy. Come ready to meet Jesus. So number one, we consistently and intentionally gather. Number two, we turn knowledge into action. Man, I could preach on this one all day, church. This is such a big deal. This is the crux of our faith. This is discipleship. You see, knowing what to do is way different than doing it, right? How many dads out there have a honey-do list, right? And can I get an amen? Knowing what your wife wants you to do and actually doing it are two completely different things. And all the ladies say amen and give a little elbow, right? It's like you know what to do, but man, you just keep putting it off and putting it off. You teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. And that's so true because when we don't move knowledge to action, then we just know a lot. And the Bible says knowledge puffs up, right? Sometimes we need to be reminded that failure is an option. Failure is an option. Yes, Jesus paid it all. Yes, I have freedom in him. But if I don't use and tap into the power that he has given me through his death and resurrection, I can fail. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, Saul, King Saul is getting rebuked for not obeying God. And the prophet says to him, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Translated for us today, it could be God saying to us, what is more pleasing to him, showing up at church every week and checking it off the calendar and listening or actually applying it in your life during the week? Obviously, applying it all day long. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. What a tough word for us sometimes. Because sometimes we're like, I just want to show up and I just want to go home and I want it to be easy. And church, I want nothing more than you for you to enjoy church. And if you're at the place where you're just absorbing and you're listening and you're kind of taking it all in right now, man, stay on the journey. Keep kicking the tires. Keep getting to know Jesus. But Jesus is going to lead you to a place where it's not just listening, it's actually hearing and obeying and doing. Nothing will sabotage your relationship with Jesus like a non-existent or lukewarm faith. We live in a culture of shifting sands, and too many times we make decisions based on the opinions of those around us. But what if we as a church acted and lived out a life of love, putting a smile on God's face, being obedient to him? In Revelations 2, 2 through 5, um, Jesus said this to one of the churches that he's talking to. He said, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work, your patient endurance. I know that you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but they are not. You've discovered that they are liars. You have pa- you've even patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. 
Man, that's one of those verses that no matter how long I've served Jesus and no matter how long and how much I've done and how, you know, proud of myself I can be at at my service to Christ, it just like cuts me to the core. And that's what God's word does. It says, hey, it shines a spotlight on what do you know and what are you doing with it? Amen. What causes us to get there to that place of knowing a lot but not acting a lot on it? Spiritual pride, I think, is number one, which is a stench in the nostrils of God. Number two is just going through the motions, checking the boxes, apathy. Listen, church, you and I, we have the relationship with Jesus that we want. And we're we're not close to God. Man, and I I wish I had an easier word for you today. But, man, when we're not close to God, it's because we chose not to be close to God. If Jesus never did another thing for you and me, he's already done enough for you and I to have access to the throne of Almighty God every moment of every single day. And so I don't say this to pile on. Man, I I am with you in saying, God, I'm not where I should be and I need to get better. But we never want to let go of that tension of continuing to grow to become more like Jesus. Never in all of history have we had more access to more resources to grow and be the people that God needs us to be, which leaves us as as followers of Christ without excuse for being intentional, you know, when we apply our knowledge into action. We've got to have this attitude that says, God, I'm humble. I want to be teachable. I need to grow. I want to pursue growth with tenacity. This is what we do as Christ followers. In Psalm 139, the psalmist says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Man, that is a verse to memorize and bury deep in your heart to keep your heart soft, to keep the pride out, to say I'm going to be teachable and moldable in the hands of a loving God. Amen? In 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, it says, For this very reason, make every effort. It takes work, friend. It takes diligence. It takes endurance. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, underline that. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you today with all the love in my heart, failure is an option. Listen, church, we might be broken when we walk in these doors. We might be broken when we come to the cross and when we come in, but because of Jesus' shed blood on the cross and his victory over the grave, we are intentionally growing. We're adding. We're changing. We're becoming different. We're not who we once were. There's a difference in our life. We're putting knowledge into action, and we are putting on the new self in Christ Jesus because that's what he's asked us to do. Listen, anyone can be obedient to Christ, and it takes no spiritual talent. We can be obedient. Amen. Amen? Amen. Number three, 
What do we do here at church? What do we do here at Mosaic? We create places where people can meet Jesus. Four guys had a friend in Luke 5.19. Their friend was sick and lame, but they couldn't, get him, they couldn't get their friend to Jesus. He was on a mat. They had to carry him all together, but the house was full. Jesus was teaching. Everybody wanted a piece of Jesus. They couldn't get him in, so they carried him up on the roof. They tear a hole in the roof. They let him down through the roof. In, in Luke 5, 19, it says, but they couldn't find a way to take him in because of the so many people. So they made a hole in the roof over where Jesus stood. Then they let the bed in with their sick man on it down before Jesus. Man, how would you like to have friends like that? How would you like to have a friend like that? Man, this needs to be the attitude of our church, that we're going to do whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. We're going to serve in any opportunity that needs it. Man, if the nursery or the kids needs, needs people to serve, I'm going to volunteer. Why? Because, because I want my friends who have kids to be able to come in and hear about Jesus with their kids learning about Jesus too. Man, I want to greet. I want to usher. I want to, I want to serve in hospitality ministries. I want to lead a group. I want to do whatever it takes to create a place where people can meet Jesus. All those opportunities that, that there are to serve in the body of Christ are there so that we can carry our friends to Jesus. Right? I want to encourage you as a church to engage in relationships outside of the norm to always have in your radar, who am I bringing to Jesus? Who am I serving? Where am I giving back? Where? Because why? Nothing fills your tank like serving others. So much of the time throughout my ministry, I've heard people say, I need to take a break, which, yeah, sometimes you do. Jesus did that. He went off by himself in the mountains, and he prayed, and he recharged. And we need to take a break. But don't take too long. Why? Because nothing will fill your tank and give you purpose in life like serving other people. Church, we need to have a through-the-roof mentality that I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring people to Jesus and, and, and let them get to know him. Number four, lastly today, we're going to wrap it up. Church, what do we do? We engage in God's mission, in his mission, in his mission. So much of the time in churches, it feels like everybody has their own mission. And while we all serve in different kinds of ministries and, you know, you know, the Bible says that some of us are a hand and some of us are a foot and some of us are the eye and some of us are the ear and we all have different functions in the body of Christ. We've got one head who is Christ and he sets the mission. In 2 Corinthians 5.20 it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, right? Us, not me, not just you, us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God right? And so what does that tell me? It's not an event. Man, we do do events, like outreach events, like this thing that Miss Elaine has put together with the fill a trunk, fill a heart. We're blessing people with food, but we can't say, I'm going to drop off the food, and man, I checked it off for the month. Man, I did my, de I did my deed. No, because it's not just an event. Evangelism, outreach, isn't an event God's mission isn't an event that we put on the calendar and we schedule it. It's something that we live and we breathe every single day. It's our calling as Christ followers. So we do do outreach things like serving at the soup kitchen or giving food or showing up and serving at church, but don't slip into the checkbox mode. 
so how do we stay on mission? How do we engage in God's mission without it just becoming another task? Here's a few tips. Monitor and be intentional about your personal influence. What does that mean? You gotta ask that question, how am I coming across to people? Am I wise in my interaction with outsiders? When I rub shoulders and interact with my neighbor, what do they think? Do I represent Christ? One way to just do this in a really good way is do what you say you'll do. Know your place in people's lives, right? Don't offer advice or suggestions until you have influence and relationship. A title doesn't make you a leader, right? I love simple books like How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, where it's just like some relational common sense about how to grow your personal influence. I mean, some of us need to learn how to encourage people to look somebody else in the eye and say, I see in you the ability to fill in the blank and just encourage and lift up your personal influence in people's lives. Part of our job as the church is just to personally represent the name of Jesus. So monitor your personal influence. What about this one? If you want to engage in God's mission, figure out what your personal holy discontent is. Your personal Like, what stirs your heart? What has God put on your heart? You see, Jesus saw the masses, and the Bible says that when he saw the masses, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he's like, and Jesus is like, I'm not going to let it stay that way. So he became our shepherd. And when you see all the things happening in this world, God might put something on your heart. And you might see our youth needing mentors. You might see our kids needing mentors. Mentors, you might see broken families needing assistance. You might see broken marriages needing assistance. You might be see, see people with addiction needing freedom. You might see people with hunger needing food. You might be, see people in bondage or in slavery and say, I want to be a part of the solution. Whatever it is, God wants to give you a personal holy discontent. So have open ears to the voice of God in your life. And then lastly today, as we wrap up, we've got corporate causes, things that we're going to attack as a church together, right? And it starts right here on Sunday morning together. These are things like the great commandment and the great commission. They will always be at the heartbeat of our church, right? Corporate things. We've got our five focus areas here at Mosaic. Sundays, we've got to do this well. We've got to take care of our kids and lead them to Jesus. We've got to take care of our youth. They're about to be adults. They're going to be the next leaders. We've got to, as we grow bigger, we've got to get smaller in groups and have places where people can talk and discuss their faith. Right? And we've got to be about more than us. Missions work locally, globally. Guys, we're going to be blessed in proportion to how we bless others as a church, how we give to missionaries, how we support other ministries. We need to be a generous church, not just for us, but for the the causes that God places on our heart corporately as a church. There's missions work. There's local needs. There's schools that need help. There's leadership training. There's a vacuum for great leadership in our world. 
I believe God wants to use the church to train and raise up leaders. There's big picture initiatives. You know, both in our Assemblies of God Fellowship, there's missionaries all over the world doing Bible schools and training and feeding programs and Convoy of Hope and, and raising up pastors and planting churches and just all these amazing initiatives that God wants us to be a part of. So those are a few ways to engage in God's mission personally, but today the big question is where are you at? When we talk about what we're about as a church, what we're here to do, when we actually say, what am I going to do with my life? Where are you at when it comes to consistently and intentionally gathering? What are you, where are you at when it comes to turning knowledge into action, right? Where are you at when it comes to creating places where people can meet Jesus? And church, I'm not calling you to any specific, like, hey, today we're gonna commit to this or that. I'm just, I feel like God leading us to, man, let's just start stirring the pot. And as we start figuring out specifically how we're going to operate over these next few months as a church and, you know, figuring out a new normal together, I need you to be praying and thinking, God, where do you want me to invest my time and energy and my resources and my, my life in creating places where people can meet Jesus? How, God, do you want me to engage in your mission? Stay on point both personally as I grow my personal influence, as I interact wisely with outsiders, and as I attempt to bring people to the foot of the cross so that they can, they can meet Jesus. God, how do you want me to invest my time and my energy? Amen. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes today. God, I pray for your church. Jesus, we lay our lives at your feet. God, I'm, I'm reminded of the old song, if you could use anyone, Lord, use me. And Jesus, use, you've used all kinds of different people with all kinds of different flaws and all kinds of different things going on in their life throughout the centuries. And, and so God, we know you can use us. And Jesus, not a person in this room is too far gone. Not a person in this room is, is, is too incapable that you can't use them. And so I just pray that you fill our church with faith in who you are and what you can do. God, I pray that you use us to bless our city like only you can. Jesus, move in a powerful way lay our lives at your feet. We want to be your church. We want to be about what is on your mind and on your heart. We need you. We need you. If you're here today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, and as you listen to the message this morning, you might be saying, man, Joe, that sounds like a lot. That sounds heavy. It sounds like a commitment. It sounds like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Well, man, if you feel that way and you don't know Jesus today, I just want to say a, a big welcome to the club, right? Because every single one of us, the Bible says, we're sinners and far from God. And because of that, Jesus came and God sent his one and only son 
so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so God's invitation to you today is to be a part of a family, to be a part of God's mission, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, to be a part of God's work. And so today it starts with you saying, Jesus, here's my life. Take it, use it. Here I am, Lord. I give myself to you. And so if that's you today and you just need to say, God, here I am. I want to give you my life and everything I am today. Raise your hand. This is between you and Jesus. Just a commitment to say, God, my life is yours. No more holding back. No more second guessing. Here I am. Amen. You can put your hands down right there at your seat. I want to encourage you. This is maybe your first prayer ever, but in your own words, in your heart, you could do it aloud or you can do it silently, but confess that Jesus is your Lord, that you're going to live for him the rest of your days. You're going to put your faith and trust in him. You believe that he died for you on the cross, that he rose again on the third day, and that he deserves your all. If you prayed that prayer, if you're praying that prayer right now, right now you're becoming a new creation. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit is taking residence in your life. The old is gone and the new has come. God is taking your sins and he's throwing them as far as the east is from the west in Jesus' name. And you are now a part of the family of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of the King. Amen. Church, can we give a hand for those that just gave their hearts and their lives to Christ? Amen. Amen. Stand with me, church. Stand with me. <clears throat> We're going to dismiss, but there's going to be um, some of our board members or elders uh, across the front here. And, and if you need prayer for anything, maybe you don't even know why. You just say, I mean, I feel like I need to just, somebody, somebody need to pray for me. They'd love to pray for you. Um, and then if, if you need to go, I would encourage you that as you walk out the doors in the community room, uh, don't forget our ushers will be there. They, they can take your Connect card. If you have an offering to give, they can take that. And then once you get out of these doors, or maybe even before you leave, um, say hi to somebody, you know, and get to know somebody new. And, and because remember, we're a family. This is the family of God. And so uh, get to know somebody that you've never met maybe, and have an amazing week. Remember, tomorrow, even today when we get home, we're going to turn our knowledge into action and, and begin to apply the principles of God's word to our life. And so God, bless your people. Help, help us to have an amazing week honoring you, putting you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.